it's about that time. For the inside trim. You know that nasty trim. Don't wind up on your back, bro. Are you ready? You better be ready, bro. Because you're about to get inside trim. And we're back. What's up, wrestling fans? Oh, shit, wrestling fans. We are definitely back. <laughs> 20 minutes after the conclusion of the 2017 World Championships, where if you have not been living in a barn, you know what's been going on. If you have been living in a barn or under a rock, I feel bad for you because you've missed out. This is the Inside Trip Wrestling Podcast, episode number 36, as I've already said. You know me, Brandon Olinger, as always, joined by me, my partner, my friend, the man, the myth, the legend, co-host, Benjamin Watson. USA! 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 And you know who else we got here? Come on, Brandon, hit him up. Oh, we got a special guest coming down all the way from the great state up north from Michigan. The host, co-host of the Blood Round Wrestling Podcast, Tommy Baranowski's in the house. Oh, you said it right, too. I appreciate it. I am just honored. Honored to be here. Hey. hey, yeah, and you know what they say about honor. Once you get honor, stay honor. Hey. And if you can't get honor, Ben will get on him. All right. Anyways, anyways, <laughs> anyways, what's going on, Brandon? Nothing. I'm pumped to have Tommy down here. For those of you that guys, for those of you that don't know, him, we'll get into the business stuff in a second. Last fall, Ben and I traveled to Cleveland for the NWCA All Star Meet. Um, rumor had it on Twitter that uh, Blood Round Wrestling was going to be at the All-Star Meet. So my boy Ben was tweeting back and forth saying, let's hook up. Let's have some beers. Let's talk wrestling. Let's chat it up. Let's chat it up. And since then, uh, this little thing called a a beautiful relationship began to flourish. Yeah, it's beautiful. And it's evolved, We've all seen each other naked. It's evolved from getting hit in the face with chicken fingers to... Chicken tenders. To, Chicken to, tenders. to sink in the biz together, oh. to today, you know, doing this little podcast together. So, you know what? A good story to tell is the Chicken Tender story. I wasn't there. I went back. I, I crashed out a little early. So why don't you two kind of tell All us right. what happened? I'm going to let Tommy B tell this story. He tells it the best. Uh, this is – so, yeah, it was it was great meeting you guys at the All-Star Classic. And, and you guys were up late the night before. Uh, really, really getting rowdy. Oh God, yeah. And but Ben, then they were serving beer at the All Star Classic too, because it's not it's correct. <laughs> it's not technically an NCAA meet, which was a little strange because there was like middle school matches and high school matches. <laughs> I'm drinking beer, watching middle school kids wrestle. You way, need the, beer to watch middle school. But that middle school, school match wrestling. may have been the best match of the night. It was Remember, that was it awesome, was dude. One. That kid rode the shit out of that kid for the whole first period, throwing. Wings and halves and, uh, you know, three-handed stacks at that kid. And that kid held tough, kept his head up. And then he ended up coming back and winning in overtime. That was a great match. That was a great match. Uh, so, uh, you got Brandon and... Uh, casual Dave. And Casual Dave. Head back to the hotel. Um, my sister was uh, in fine form because she was, uh, you know, going through her uh, cancer scare of sorts. And uh, so, this was kind of like... One of her first days after the surgery, weeks after the surgery, that she could uh, get out and about. And uh, 
So Ben's like, yeah, I'll hang out with you guys, hit a few more bars, you know? And I'm like, yeah, absolutely, you know? And we're talking wrestling. We're having a grand old time. Fast forward to there's this, like, open-air bar in the walking street right in the arena district in Cleveland yep, there. Yep. And uh, we're standing there, and this, like, hammered chick drifts in, <laughs> drifts into the bar and starts taking pictures with, like, her friends that are, like, still in the walking street kind of thing. So she's like up three feet and into the bar. They're out in the public. And so she kind of poses. And I don't know if I said something to her. Or she said something to me, but she ends up putting her arm around me and we like take a picture. And then this guy walks up and is like, and I mean, this story's got potential already. It's got potential. Yeah, there's there's already conflict and everything. And uh, so this guy walks up and he's just like, you know, Come on, come on, and whatever her name was, or you know, and and they're trying to like pull her out the window, which is kind of weird because because like you could walk about fifteen feet and get her out the front door. Yeah, yeah it wasn't it wasn't a necessary thing. And then the one guy goes, "Yeah, get the fuck away from my girl dog," and I'm like, you know, easy there, fella. And then this big fat piece of lard. Oh, that guy was so chubby. He was like chewed bubblegum. He wasn't like once was an athlete fat. He was just like chewed bubblegum worthless <laughs> slob. And he's like, yeah, I bet you wouldn't say that to my face. And then, of course, Ben, who's always ready. I'm always ready, baby. <laughs> just, you know, basically jaws right back at him. And, you know, I, I say something, they say something. And then the next thing you know, a chicken tender flies and hits Ben <laughs> right in the face. Apparently they had, like, takeout from where they went to dinner. Chicken Tender hits right in the face. And the funniest part was, well, <laughs> so the cops come. No, 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 no. Okay, no. So, Can I just throw in here one little thing? I've known Ben a long time, and this does not surprise me. And I will tell all the listeners out there that this has not was not the first, nor will it be the last time that Ben was hit with a piece of meat in the face. <laughs> So, we've been drinking. So, he, so um, pops. He, the, I, I will say this: Ben's reaction time of getting hit in the face with a chicken tender, to picking the chicken tender up and crow hopping it like a center fielder back at them in this like walking street was impressive. It was an impressive reaction time. Where he just chucks it right back at him, and now there's like a a bit of a scuffle. Not like no, there was nothing. There was no like physical altercation. There's a little bit of um, <laughs> uh, my si- so I have like my sister and Ben in front of me, and as I'm like reaching for them, like you know, kind of ready for for action, all of a sudden I get grabbed from behind, and it's a fucking Cleveland cop. It's an actual police officer, not a bouncer, not a, you know, rent-a-cop, you know, like an actual. Like a straight cop. Yeah, Cleveland police officer. I mean, he could have been gay. I don't know, but it's fine. Yeah, we don't judge. And uh, so now we're um, having to, like, say, hey, they were just, like, harassing us and throwing stuff at us from the street. And Ben is worked up, and he's just like. You know, oh my God, yeah, were, you know, those guys are doing this and da, 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 da. you know, it wasn't us, it wasn't us, yeah. I mean, he's so worked up, and I'm like, it's okay, Ben, we have evidence. Ben actually had breading from the chicken tender between his eyebrow and his glasses. And oddly enough, he still has it there today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, anyways, I got hit with a chicken tender, but I was up protecting Blood Round. 
Yeah, he, he dove in front of me like the bodyguard. And I, you know, but uh, <laughs> I will always love you. <laughs> Man, you could tell we were screaming watching wrestling. Uh, How many people have already turned this podcast off? So, yeah, it was it was fantastic. So, I mean, if there's any way to develop a bromance, you can have a, a, a bit of a chicken tender incident. And, you know, you don't go back from that. You just I mean, don't go back. Yeah, so, and I mean, we've loved each other ever since. So there it is. That's how this relationship got started. Uh, big, 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 we've said this before, but big shout out, big thanks to uh, Tommy B, Kevin Clonch, Blood Round Wrestling. Um, we picked their brains a lot when it, we uh, wanted to get our podcast going. Ben and I had talked about it for years but never could pull the trigger. And after meeting them, uh, I think Ben's exact words was, well, if that jackass could do it, we can do it too. <laughs> I, I didn't <laughs> just say kidding. that. I'm just kidding. Fair enough. Um, all right, so before we go anymore, um, A – let me go ahead and throw the parental advisory warning out there for you. Um, t- typically, the Inside Trip podcast, we try to keep them PG-13. We dibble and dabble, maybe with a little bit of R every once in You're a while. You're allowed to have one F word in any PG-13 movie. Did you All know right. That? Well, uh, today's might be a little more. Tommy already blew that one for us. Thanks. Yes. Well, t- fuck. <laughs> today's might be a little more risque, a little NSFW, so we apologize for any of our uh, listeners that don't appreciate that. And um, for everybody else, just keep listening because we don't know where this is going to go. So, well, we're going to talk about the world. We're going to talk about those. We got a lot to talk about. <laughs> you know, we're going to talk about Kyle Spider. We ain't going to talk about him. We're going to get there. So, as I said, this is episode 36 of the Inside Trip Wrestling Podcast. Um, as always, you can find us on Twitter at the Inside Trip One. You can send us emails if you choose to do so to the Inside Trip One at gmail.com. By the way, I've got no notes. I've got nothing in front of me today. I'm straight freestyle on this. Um, we have a Facebook page I hear. It's called The Inside Trip. Find it, like it. Ben, I share something about once a ben week. Ben is actually uh, the one responsible for uh, posting stuff on that. So if you're wondering why stuff doesn't get posted very often, <laughs> uh, that's Ben, so you know what I'm dealing with. I'm always on Twitter, too. <laughs> he is always on Twitter. Um, as for the podcast itself, as we always say, if you're listening to it now, you know how to find us. But in case you don't, you can catch us on all your favorite podcast catcher locations. Our favorite being iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, maybe a little Spreaker, and of course SoundCloud and whatever else is out there. That's right. Now, as I said earlier, we got Tommy B from Blood Round with us. You can follow them at Tommy. Why don't you hit it up with Blood uh, your, Round your Wrestling? Stuff. Yeah, give it, give it to him, Tommy. Uh, just BloodRound.com, BloodRound on Twitter, and then you can find everything from there. So I'm. Uh... I don't know. Pretty pretty easy to they're find. They're pretty straightforward. Days. They got a yeah, website. Yeah, you know, they're they're official. We're, We're bootleggers. Yeah. <laughs> Big time bootleggers. All right, guys, so listen. What an amazing week. I mean, honestly, like what what an amazing week. What an amazing day. Um, as everybody knows, 2017 World Championships held in Paris, France took place this week. Um, if you don't mind, can we just skip the Greco stuff? I think there's uh um enough has already been said about the Greco or lack of what happened in Greco? Ooh. No insults intended to anybody else. I, you know, it just is what it is. So, let's get started, man. Women kicked this off, in my opinion. I think the women went out there. They set the tone. An extremely, an extremely young team. We came back with some medals and a lot of promising. I'm super proud of our women, man. At, like, likewise. Yeah, I'm, I'm super proud of our women. I think we came back with a couple medals. Um, I think two, right? Uh, let's see. Becca Leathers, uh, Tacoma Bronze. Haley, uh, I'm sorry. Um, Hella Maroulis won the gold. That was her third gold at three different weights. Yeah. She's approaching legendary status. And I think we had another medal too, Tommy. 
Allie, 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 yeah, Allie, Allie Reagan with the silver there at sixty. Yeah, yeah. I'm Correct. sorry, Allie, forgot about that. That headlock in the semis when she was down by one to put it in the final. It was nasty. Did you see John Smith in the background when she oh, hit that? Oh, he was pumped. Up. He was pumped. He was wearing some shirt or something. Did you hear the story behind something that? Something about go ratchet or something? Yeah, I don't know what that like, means. I think there's a whole Twitter story behind it. Allie, hit us up with that. I don't know what that means. Basically, if he didn't think she was wrestling well, he was going to hold up a sign that said, Go Ratchet. Is that like a is that like a young kid's term, Ratchet, like Go Ratchet? What does that mean? Like Go Ham or something? Maybe, maybe Go Home? I, I have no idea. I, I Ben, Google it. you got the laptop over there. Like I said, guys, we are flying completely blind on well, this. Also, no we're only about 30 minutes after Snyder just won here, too. God. So, like, I mean, we're we're very uh, in the moment, if it will. Our, our yeah. adrenaline our adrenaline levels all over the place. So, exciting. But, yeah, that, that headlock she threw was awesome. Basically, the Latvian girl, I, or Estonian girl, um, was uh, – Really forcing into her, forcing into her, and uh, and she then, had a left hand underhook. Right, and Allie hit her with the right hand Woo! head and arm. Yeah, she well, left hand head and arm. I thought. No, I thought it was left hand underhook, right hand head and arm. I'm, I'm with uh, Brandon on this one. No, right, I'm thank with Brandon. You. I'm with Brandon on this one too. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, um, we, uh, no, it was kind of funny, and, and she had scored to basically take the lead with that, you know, left hand underhook and and driving Allie and and keeping her off balance and and creating openings that way. So it was just funny that she just went back to the well one too many times. Allie throws the righty headlock for the four and the pin. That was that was awesome. That was just a really really cool yeah. moment, especially to get to the finals too. I mean, you get that pin to guarantee you a medal and get to the finals. That was that was just awesome. And the women finished, I think, tied for second. Right in terms of final points, I believe they did. I think on criteria, I'm not sure who ended up with that, but I'd say what you know, tie for seconds, pretty damn good, especially when you got Japan, who's I mean they're untouchable at this point in the women's wrestling. Yeah, I mean Japan, what they put all seven people in the finals. Um, you know, I'm not sure about that. I know they put four for four. I think in the last day. Uh, yeah, I mean, and, and I thought I also read something about with the criteria. The criteria didn't, uh, it wouldn't decide like who was a true second. Yeah, I it was actually a tie, tie. So, so. It, was, it was a true tie. So I'm going with USA as second place then. Yeah, I think that's a fair statement. Because Allie Reagan got headgear. And Helen Marulis won gold for the third time at three different weights. Dude, did you see? I know we're talking about this. Helen Marulis' overtie shuck foot sweep was the nastiest thing I've seen. This weekend. Can I make a point on that real quick? Yeah. Okay, ahead. so it drives me nuts when I get on social media or I read things where people talk about women's wrestling and, you know, it's like, eh, the technique isn't all that great. Bullshit. You know, the competition isn't all that great. I'm going to say this. If you are not paying attention to women's wrestling, especially the senior level women's wrestling, you are doing yourself a huge disservice because these girls, not only are they good, not only do they battle, but... They are just as every bit amazing as some of our top level male athletes. I mean, no look, doubt about look it. Look at man. what look at what Helen did. That overtime fifty three to zero, right? Yeah, fifty three to zero. Yeah, no, but her technique is is top. It's phenomenal. I mean, it's it's top notch. It's 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 expert level. You know, I mean, it's just absolutely expert level technique. Well, can we say about Helen too? Is like what's what's kind of interesting, and I don't want this to come off sexist, even though it might. It's kind of one of those moments that as Uh-oh. soon as you say it, now you're going down a dark path. But 
So Helen wins the gold medal, and in a way, you worry, like especially with a female, that right. you know she could now she's gonna get married, have babies, and be done. She got her Olympic gold medalist. She's gonna become a motivational speaker or something, and which is fine, great, your career choice, your whatever. And instead, you know, it, which is still great, solid career choice, a fucking Olympic gold medalist and everything. I mean, that's that's amazing. But then instead, her she goes back into the gym, works with like. Kendall Cross and John Smith and Kerry yep. Colott and all these guys. I mean, Camizo and, and, and her, all this. she's still with yep. their personal coach. Yep, uh, Valentine Valentine and 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 gets better. Like, I mean, what an amazing what better. what an amazing choice. Like, instead of like going down the other, I mean, she she goes back to the gym after you know slaying the legend and 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 winning the Olympic gold medal, the first Olympic gold in American history. Those are laurels to rest on. Instead, Helen goes back to the gym, gets better, and by the way statistically and basically every measurable uh, metric you can possibly use, probably the best performance from an American wrestler in history. In history. And you know what? I'm... Look, it we... really was. I mean, I heard they, I heard that like they, you compared to Dan Gable when he won his gold, he had one right. match that he won three Oh and the rest right. he teched or whatever. She teched everybody. Didn't she? Yeah, she did everybody. But you know what? I think I, I, I... I feel pretty comfortable in saying that all of us in our in this room has watched the Helen Marulis documentary on Flow, okay? And there was one theme throughout that entire documentary. Over the years, one of the things that she struggled with was the mental aspect of it. You know, anxiety, pressure, all that kind of stuff. Big time. I think when she went out and won that gold and kind of slayed the proverbial dragon, I think that did such a number on her confidence and mental aspect that look what she just did at the World Championships. It was... It was cake for her. Who's going to touch her for the next four years? Until you know, until for the next quad, you know. Seriously, who's going? Who's going to? I, I mean, I, I don't I'm sure there's anything. a lot of people out there that are looking to touch her from the women's you know side. But um, I didn't see anything like. I didn't see anything that made me think no. that anybody's within ten points of her. I, I really hope. I, I'm begging. I'm begging you, Helen Marulis. Don't stop. Don't quit. Keep going. Like. Become a legend. She's break break records. Break records. She's going to wrestle in 2020. Well, well, oh, go ahead, Tom. Well, and she's a star in Tokyo. Tokyo is hosting the 2020 yeah. Olympics. And, and they she's love a her. star. They love her. And, I mean, because they love their women's wrestling. And so they, they they love her over there. She even did a tour, in, which is almost like counterintuitive after she beats Yoshida. You know, you'd think, like, oh, she, mm-hmm. they, she's hated. But mm-hmm. instead, like, she did, like, a tour over there. And they loved her. They were on a bunch of television shows and doing a bunch of fun stuff. And so she women's wrestling, women's wrestling is huge over there. Right. Big time. Big time huge. And and you know, Icho is the big question now. Icho the what the first woman to win four gold medals in the same event in four Olympics. Uh, the first woman in anything, any sport to do that. And you know, Icho's not that old. And so it'll be interesting to see, I mean, if is, does she come back in this quad or does she retire? They haven't officially said that about Icho or Yoshida. Neither of them were in Paris this week. Uh but uh that's that's really interesting um to to really look at. But yeah, Helen dominated. I, I think um, you know, we're we're sending like UN sanctions to North Korea. I'm a little worried about UN sanctions of what Helen did to <laughs> other countries this week. <laughs> well, why don't we talk a little bit about the women then? So you know, listen, obviously, uh, Victoria Anthony, this was her second time competing in a World Championships. Um, the first time she competed, I believe it was at non-Olympic weight World Championships. She, she again, you know, back then she finished fifth place. Um, 
you know, this year she went out. I thought she looked really good from the get-go. Um, gosh, she's got such a nasty inside trip. Unfortunately, she fell short again. She finished, you know, fell short again in the bronze medal match, finishing fifth again. Um, but she's young. I do believe that she's having fun, and I think I still think that her future is pretty bright in the sport. I mean, she's I, I don't see her getting out anytime soon. No, especially going to like 10 weights next year, too. I mean, I think right 50 kilos is perfect for her to go out there. She's and, little. Yeah, so she's I, I think she's got to, you know, she'll be right in there next year, too. And you kind of wonder, I mean, you know, obviously Japan's good and everything like that, but the 10 weights uh, across all styles, women, uh, freestyle for men and, and Greco, it's going to spread the talent a little bit too. So, I mean, and Victoria Anthony's been knocking on the door right there at, yep. at, at 48 and now you go to 10 weights and, you know, that's got to, I mean, even if we weren't going to 10 weights, I'd feel pretty good about her chances in the next couple of years, but going to 10 weights, I mean, you know, Victoria Anthony's got to be a pretty good metal. You know, you got to feel good about her metal right. chances in the next couple right. of years. Did you guys mentioned that though, that the weight, the lowest weight is going up to 50 kilograms. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, Tommy did mention that as you were taking a piss. Um, so I, I'll tell you guys this, and maybe this is a little shameless plug opportunity as well. So um, I had the opportunity to sit down with Becca Leathers, talk to her, put out a little article out there for theopenmat.com, um, hoping to do some more writing for theopenmat.com for women's wrestling, obviously bringing just you know, you know know more recognition, more spotlight onto women's wrestling, specifically WCWA wrestling as well, and had a great conversation with her, and she's got such an amazing story. I mean, this time last year, she was actually contemplating quitting wrestling. Um, she had finished her freshman season. Did you at- say why? Well, she had finished her freshman season at Oklahoma City University. Um, She won a national championship as a freshman, um, and then she never took time off. She went straight into University Nationals, straight into um, Olympic Team Trials. After that, it was Junior World Team Trials. She traveled out to Rio to be um, a training partner for Haley Aguello, and when she came back, it was burnout on on top of a – you know, she got sick. She had mono. Um, there were some changes going on at Oklahoma City, and I think just physically, mentally, she was drained and exhausted, and she actually contemplated quitting. Instead of quitting, she she did some self-reflection. Uh, she decided to make a change. She decided not to go back to Oklahoma City University. Instead, she chose to go out to the Olympic Training Center, which in turn kind of reinvigorated her spirit for the sport that she absolutely loves. And from the time that she did that, she went on a roll. I mean, she she went on a roll. She won World Team Trials. She won Pan Ams. She won, I think she won University Nationals, maybe took second. I can't remember. Um, uh, Regardless, all that culminated into an amazing weekend where she earned bronze medal this weekend at the World Championships. She's so young. Becca Leathers took a bronze medal. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Um, and she's still so young, and her future is so freaking bright. Um, and I just keep going back. She to, looked amazing too, taking she, that bronze. I tell you what, she. I think she can win a gold medal. I think she can too. I really do. And when you really put some perspective into it, I mean, it just trips me out when you think about it that she was probably, you know moments or days or weeks away from deciding I think I'm done with this sport to making the right decision and look at where she is now. I think that's awesome. Sometimes you need a course correction, right? I think everybody in their life sometimes they need a course correction. When you start to second guess why am I doing this? Why you know what do I still have passion and love for this? And look, I think everybody that's wrestled before at one point in time has lost the love for the sport. 
for one reason or another, right? Whether it be weight cut, whether it be the grind, like while you're competing, right? You know, fan, as fans, it's easy to not lose passion for the sport. But when you're wrestling, it's easy to lose passion for the sport. It's, you know, everybody has done that. And for her to go from, you know, like you said, almost quitting to a world bronze medal, that just shows the heart and determination that she has, but it also shows what wrestling teaches you, and which is why it's so amazing that the women's wrestling program is continuing to grow. And one of the things, I was thinking about this recently, women's college wrestling, you know, started back, I think their first season was 2013, I'm sorry, 2003, 2004. 2004 was their very first ever championships, and they have really, really fought and continued to promote and really push their product out there and it's advanced so much and on top of that not only are they competing in college but they're competing in the same style in college that they do on the international scene as well and we're seeing a lot of phenomenal wrestlers come from the wcwa programs and transition very easily and seamlessly into the senior level circuit i think that has a lot to do with the success of our women's team and if you think about it this women's team aside from helen and maybe aside from, you know, kind of Victoria, maybe Allie, this was a very, very young team that still did extremely well. Mensa has tons of potential, and I see her winning a medal very soon, if not a gold medal. Mallory Velt, she's still got one more year left in college. She's going for her third uh, WCWA championship this year for Simon Frazier. Becca Leather, she completed one year at WCWA College at Oklahoma City before moving out to the OTC. Allie Reagan, still very young. Victoria Anthony, you know, her and Helen Marulis came up around the same time. They both graduated at the same time from Simon Frazier. Um, they're kind of the veterans on the team. But you throw in, like, Victoria Francis, this is a very young team, and the future looks bright. Well, and you have to realize, I mean, she's – you know, Victoria, I, I got old when I was looking at the uh, media guide and saw that Victoria Anthony was the oldest one we were sending uh, on our women's team, and she was born in 1991. Yeah, what is she, uh, what is she, what is she like, 26? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, I think maybe she turns 26 later this year. So that's the oldest uh, female we sent. And, uh, you know, and, and to take second without Adeline Gray, uh, you know, exactly. absolutely ridiculous. And, I mean, just, you oh, know, God. I mean, you know, to, to, to take second – uh, without Adeline Gray's points is is pretty ridiculous. So you want to get into Victoria Anthony's tournament a little bit? Okay, I, look, I know you're a big Victoria Anthony fan. We had the opportunity. We've mentioned it many a times to have her on our Women of the Mat series podcast episode. So break it down. Well, I, well, I don't have anything pulled up. So I, you know, obviously she ended up wrestling for a bronze medal and didn't and um, ended up, you know. Not quite getting what I'm what I'm thinking that she wanted. Obviously, she wanted to go in and, and she win. She wanted it. medals. Yeah, she, she wanted to, she wanted the gold, right? But you know, I think that she's still got some time left in her, right? I, you know, I think that you probably agree, right? She's gonna she's gonna keep wrestling. This definitely isn't her last uh, her, her her last uh, world team uh, you know title. So I think all the women we sent to are there for the quad. Like nobody's on their last leg, you know. So like I think like you know the one of the points I wanted to make that didn't make that I probably should have a few minutes ago was, you know, all these women are there for the quad. Do you Plus, think Helen's there for the quad? Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. I think she's there for 2020 Tokyo. I think, you know, eyes are set on that. And she, t- she had a great interview after uh, she won too, as far as like, you know, learning to love the sport and, 
you know, taking the time off after the Olympics and, and everything and, and learning to enjoy it, learning to love it and learning to love those training sessions and the creativity and everything that she showed this week with her attacks and everything is just, yeah, I think she's really enjoying it. I mean, she even lost a match, you know, in, in training. I, I forget exactly where it was, but I think she lost a match uh, at one of the tournaments, you know, in preparation for this. So I, I think, but I don't think it was bad. I think it was kind of, I'm going to go out, I'm going to work on, you know, things. I'm going up a couple weight classes. I'm going to see what's going to happen. I'm not going to be so concerned with results at that time because I'm working towards, uh, you know, a gold medal. I agree completely. I think, again, going back, that the, the key point here is that the women's team was so successful this year, and yet they are still so, so very young. And even behind the women that actually went out and represented the United States at this tournament, there are some very very, very good wrestlers right behind them, ready to fill in at any point in time. So I think the future is bright, extremely bright for our women's team. The future is extremely bright. And, you know, I think the uh, the women that we've interviewed on this podcast have kind of touched on that, that it's still a growing sport in the United States. So, you know, I urge everybody that's listening to go back, check out our, you know, podcast with Jenna Burkett, with uh, um, Julia Salata, uh, Julia Salata Victoria, Anthony. Victoria Anthony, and Catherine Shy. Um, you know, you'll, you'll learn a lot about – where the sport of women's wrestling is going. So I, I couldn't be happier. I tell you what, second to Japan in, in women's wrestling, that's great. Second to Japan. And Japan, they've been doing this for a long time, and they invest very heavily into their women's wrestling program. Again, I go back to the WCWA inaugural season was 2013-2014. No, 2003-2004. I'm sorry, 2003-2004. I apologize. You're right. 2003, 2004. How many beers you had? I've had enough. I- I'm celebrating, <laughs> man. Have you not seen all the videos we posted on Twitter? We're singing, dancing. So anyway, uh, hey, go women. You guys want you want to start kicking it off into some men's freestyle? I got I got Tommy, one. Uh, Tommy, Tommy, B. Tommy does not want to kick it off the men's freestyle. Right? I got one more point before we do that, or a couple points I wanted to hit on. You know, like uh, yeah, with the women's wrestling, the first day. The eight finalists were from eight different countries. That was really cool to That's see. That's interesting. Yeah, That's very I mean, interesting. So, like, they're, you know, we talk about Japan, 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 and obviously, you know, everybody in the world has a lot of work Nigeria? to do. Nigeria. Wasn't it Nigeria to. that actually so, had a nice little tournament? Um, they brought three girls, and, like, all three of them, I think, wrestled for a medal. That's two, two of them meddling. Um, and uh, and then uh, Odenayu Adakorier. Is um, she the one that's yeah. coming to Cumberland's? No, that's uh, that's. Uh, I apologize if I, no, I, I no, get it no, mixed no. up. That's but. the girl who wrestled for Norway. Um, but uh, God, I'm forgetting her I name. There's alliteration at least, but uh, <laughs> um, but uh, Akorie, and Akuno. If you don't like women's wrestling, go watch that match and change your mind because you're wrong. Um, so go watch that gold medal, the 55 kilogram gold medal match because that is. About as good and technical as a match as you'll ever see. That was a lot of fun. And then, uh, but her and um, Adekorie and then Amri from Tunisia became the first two African um, uh, country representatives to wrestle in, in the finals. Um, so, I mean, that That's was amazing. Uh, you know, that was uh, amazing, too. So there was some really, really, like, interesting history. Uh, going on this year at the at the tournament as well, and, and just a lot of great action. I mean, I I enjoyed the heck out of it. I can sit there and watch it all day. So I had a lot of fun, and uh, yeah, definitely wanted to point that out. So the last thing I'll say about women's wrestling, and I'll just reiterate something I said earlier, listeners, 
men, women, whoever's out there, if you are not paying attention to women's wrestling right now, you are definitely doing a disservice to yourself. Start watching, start paying attention, start following some of these athletes. These girls are good. They work every bit as hard as the men. They train. They compete all over the place. They're having success. They're winning medals. They're winning gold medals, Olympic gold medals, all kinds of stuff. Start following them because what we're seeing now is just the tip of the iceberg. It's only going to get better for this team. I totally agree, man. Couldn't agree more. You guys more laughing at me? No, not at, not at you. Tommy made a an offhanded comment. Um, anyways. I'm just saying. No, I agree. It's a good time to be a fan. So, you know who, when else it's a good time to be a fan of the United, of the men's freestyle wrestling? All right, man. So moving on to the uh, the men's freestyle team. What what are the championship champions? Men's freestyle champions. Teams. USA, USA, USA. USA. Wait, 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 wait. And I'm proud to be an American, where at least I know I'm free, and I won't forget. The men in I gave that right to me, and I proudly stand up and double leg Sajulayev and put him on his back today. Oh, sorry, is that how it goes? Oh man, we had uh, we had a lot of fun watching that. That was that was just ridiculous. The last two days, I think, have been amazing on multiple accounts. The wrestling, the controversy, the drama. The international drama, the domestic drama, a oh, lot yeah. of stuff going on. So why don't we just look? Why don't we just start from the beginning? How about Thomas Gilman, man? Yeah, dude. How about Thomas freaking Gilman? That guy comes out barely makes the. Um, and we should preface this: Ben doesn't like Gilman very much. Well, you know, I've I've had my issues with Gilman, <laughs> but he. I mean, he barely makes the freaking world team trials. You no, know? no, he absolutely made it. He went out and dominated the last chance qualifier. No, he was down six zero. <laughs> yeah, he was down no six zero. I thought the Sazer. Oh yeah. Oh, the Sazer. In, yeah. in, in the finals. Yeah. He barely made the freaking world team trials. All right, all right, we'll go with it. We'll go. With and then it. he goes. And then he goes into the um, goes into the uh, you know, world team trials as the ninth seed, and Correct. then just, you know, and then goes and beats Cruz. He beats. Um, who? Megalutus. Megalutus. Then he Graf. Graf. And then Ramos. He, he ran the gauntlet. He ran the freaking gauntlet. Then all he does is go to the worlds and makes the freaking finals. And that's uh you know, so it was interesting talking about how your first year after the quad, you know, who's who's sending and da 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 and, and it's kind of one of those funny things because it's like on one hand you can say like, Oh geez, you know, this weight's cleared out or this weight's cleared out. Or this weight's really tough, this weight's really cleared out. And is there some truth to that? Absolutely. Sixty one kilos was fucking insane. Brutal. But on the on the other on the other sense, that's kinda like saying like, Oh, well, Jaden Cox is injured, so oh the whoever the United States sends is is not a factor. Well, that's not true. We have plenty of guys we can send who would be a freaking factor so i mean and you saw it with and the, a couple of them at least one that thinks he would have won it right which we'll get to that too but it's like <laughs> no, we can talk about that. <laughs> we, we'll get to that but the um but 65 kilos a, a georgian who like nobody really you know knows wins you know because it's the first year after the quad weird stuff happened i mean you get these new guys bursting onto the scene and everything rosh 
I uh, yeah no I don't yeah no I'll thanks. his name Russia not gonna work here anymore. No, uh, <laughs> kilogram. It's oh, I thought we were talking about sixty one. It's, it's Ayako Blanc Eastville. Yeah, you were talking about uh, oh, Kinsha Gasserly or whatever that uh, the stud at sixty one that beat who beat Stieber. who beat Steber first yeah. round at sixty one Rashid Rashidov or whatever that's Rashidov or whatever, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but then Kinjagash really from Seth Georgia Patar beat him in repechage. Where's Seth Patar when you need him? Yeah, <laughs> um, but uh, but first fifty-seven kilograms since two thousand uh, medal for the United States since two thousand eight. Henry Cejudo, correct. So it's like okay, if it's so easy, how come we haven't medaled in eight tournaments? You know, so it's like that's kind of like the funny thing is like you know we want to talk about oh this weight class did you know eh, this weight class cleared out and we did this. Well, if it's so freaking easy. How do we not have a lot more medals than zero since Henry Cejudo? So here's my thing on Gilman. Look, let's look past what happened in college. All right, he didn't accomplish what he wanted to in college. He wanted to be a national champion. It didn't happen. Move on. But he has the style. He has the mentality. And now with the introduction of the new weight classes, it stays 57 kilograms. He's got the weight to actually run this weight he's class gonna for be, a while. He's going to be a solid backup to Tomasello next year. Like, he's going to be a solid, <laughs> solid fucking backup <laughs> to Tomasello. No, but, the, um, you know, Tommy and I were talking about this earlier, right? When we were – so anyways, if anybody didn't know, you know, Tommy and I, we woke up at 4 a.m. Well, we were out – we, we, we hit the bars till what, about midnight? About midnight. Yeah, so we, we get to bed about 1, wake up at 4. Did you guys share a bed? No. Oh. I'm, I'm married. I was sleeping with my wife. Not sleep. Anyways, so and I, I'm grabbing Tommy. I'm like, hey, help me take this TV upstairs, and hey, help me, help me take this TV stand upstairs. And so then Tommy and I are BSing, and you know, before kind of everything gets going, and we're like, you know, we're talking about the Gilman thing, right? And everybody's, you know, we're thinking, you know, Gilman almost made it look too easy to medal, you know, not to win it, but to medal, you know. But then we're like, you know what? It's not easy to medal at Worlds. You know who never medaled at Worlds? Brent Metcalf. You know, right. you know who never medaled at Worlds? A, a number of people. So. It's not easy to medal at Worlds, it, you know, because we're talking about Gwiz and, you know, Thomas Gilman. And we're like, well, you know, people are going to say, well, it was the year after the Olympics or, well, it was a down year. Russia didn't send, you know, as many people as it. Dude, it is not easy to get world medals because if it was, we would we would have so many more, you know. I mean, with, without without saying it's that's what we, what we would. So it was it's interesting to think that Gilman is that good that he is literally the second best wrestler in the world right now. It, you know, it's proven by the world. Exactly. And I don't want to get too too analytical with his wrestling style, Ben. I'll leave that for you. But, you know, Gilman has a style, in my opinion, that is very conducive to the international style. He's constantly attacking. He hand fights well. His shots that he takes are very solid, and it don't put him in bad position to get put on his back off of his shots like you see our other guys do, most notably our 61-kilogram representative at times. And I th- and I think that's what makes G- Gilman so dangerous. On top of that, his mentality. He has the perfect freaking mindset for this. It's interesting with folk style because, I mean, we – well, the three of us are big folk style fans. Obviously, there's no, there's certainly no denying that. But one thing about folk styles is, is with the uh, mat time and and riding and everything like that, you can lose that one takedown three to two match where maybe not the better wrestler um, wins. You know, I, I think I think that's one thing about folk style. Where freestyle, and now all of a sudden you got to stand on your feet and hand fight with Gilman for a solid six minutes. And and good luck. Yeah, <laughs> and Gilman at fifty seven kilograms, he's long. And where, which we saw in the finals where he struggled with the yeah. Japanese guy. 
um, that was as yeah, that was as long as him, and uh, he's long and he shoots. And when he gets to a leg, he finishes. He he's tough to get that leg back from. Once he gets that leg, that's usually his leg. And he gets and, it in the air. He doesn't stay on yep, the mat with that yep. leg. And so that combination of being long, hand fighting like a motherfucker, <laughs> you know, and you know throwing those cinder block hands at you, uh, you know, and then. Getting to that single leg, it, these guys weren't able to get their offense off. You know that that North Korean guy he beat really good. I mean, you know these 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 matches that he won, he beat the Iranian he beat really good. He's he beat quality guys to get to the finals because they never got anything going because with that length and, and getting to that shot, you know they they never got comfortable. They never got their offense. So you're, you're talking about freestyle being conducive to him. Well, it certainly freaking looked like it. Let me tell you something that I noticed about Gilman, and it, and it was with that single leg. He had the ability. So it was a single leg that I never really saw him hit in college. Really? I saw him. I saw him hit a lot of sweeps singles in college. This was like a knee pull single. So he shoots a single predominantly to um, his opponent's left leg, his right side, right. And um, typically, when he kind of hit a sweep, he hit a knee pull where his actual left hand. He would do a quick level change, and his left hand would go to the knee before his right hand would. So, it, you know, it wouldn't to be the inside of, of the knee. Yeah, to the inside of the knee. And when he got that, he's so long and strong that, like as Tommy said, when he got that leg, even if the guy was completely flat and sprawled out, he sucked it up, and he scored so many times. And I think that that's one of the reasons why he had trouble with uh, Takahashi was that Takahashi was really long, too, and right. then he just couldn't quite suck that leg up. And Takahashi, let me tell you what, that guy had some amazing reattacks. If you haven't seen that match, go back and watch it because Gilman would, would, would take even like a half shot, and immediately Takahashi was in on a leg. Um, the better man won in that match. You I know, agree. Gilman had a chance at the end where he kind of almost hit like a Merkel mm-hmm. to put him on his back for four, which it, it wasn't, but it was close. But Takahashi, I tell you what, I think he's going to be one to watch as well. He was very slick, very smooth. Um, and had some great technique. But Gilman, his single leg um, came to play this weekend, and his ability to lock it up and either get a step out or a takedown with it was um, was really uncanny compared to what I've used to seeing of him. I agree completely with you. Gilman is so good at getting not only both hands on the leg, but also getting to his feet. And he also does that thing where he once he has his hands on the legs, he steps behind his opponent's leg to kind of clinch that single leg so that way he's not fighting it on the mat. You know, I think that does really well. You'll see him get a lot of push-outs off of that uh, a, a lot of times. But I think, you know, and I'm a huge Tomasello fan, being from Ohio State. Ben, I know you are too. And, I mean, obviously Tommy is as well, being from Michigan. Um, <laughs> um, you know, but if Tomasello wants that spot, he's got a lot of work to do because I think Gilman really, really staked the claim to this weight class. So you guys probably have more Ohio listeners than I do. I I laugh. Um, side note: So when the three guys were freshmen, Thomas L. Bo Jordan Snyder, and uh, I came out with Thomas L. is going to finish higher than the three, you know, of the three this year at the NCAA tournament. Somehow in that process, I got declared a Kyle Snyder hater. Uh, <laughs> well, you are. Like you were right. <laughs> I ended up right. It was the worst part. But, you know, first, second, third. Uh, Thomas Hall took first, Snyder second, uh, Bo Jordan third that year. Uh, but it, it's, it's, so it's kind of funny. But I, I am a Tomasello fan. Um, it's it's going to be interesting. I mean, we do have plenty of guys there. That's for damn sure. So, like, Gilman's not going to just get uh, walked to the spot. I believe they'll probably have him as a returning medalist sitting out till the best two out of three. Yep. So he'll be in the seat. Absolutely. Yeah, so He's going to be hard to unseat. 
So now, you know, Tomasello and Megalutis and Michik and Graf. Ramos and Graf and, and all these guys are going to have to. I wouldn't you know, be surprised cruise. if we've seen Ramos done, I though. Ramos, I, I think Ramos he's done. I think he's done. But I get we'll I get the point you're making. Yeah. I mean, when you got a guy like Thomas Gilman sitting uh, to the finals for the best two out of three, um, good luck. Yeah. Good luck. Exactly. So, you know, let's go on to 61 kilograms. This is one where, um, you know, you got a returning world champ and Logan Stever there, ranked number one in the world. But uh, we saw the mass exodus from 57 kilograms. Um, going up to 61, it was a brutal weight class. On top of that, he had a brutal draw. He um, had a brutal quarter. Br- brutal insane, quarter. Insane. I haven't seen a quarter like this. Oh, my goodness. Insane. And, and, and as we all have come to know and, and just love about Logan Stieber is he plays loose. He's a gunslinger. And on any given day, he can go out and he can win the gold medal. And on any given day, he can go out and he can have the performance that he had this weekend. Um I wasn't completely surprised by this. I was disappointed. What are your thoughts? You make a good point. It's not surprising simply for the fact that he had to wrestle the guy who ended up winning it from Russia, who I think is ranked top five in the world. Um, and that guy then had to end up going and wrestling Kachikashvili, who, who was a returning. Rashidov or Radishov? Did I say it's that right? uh, Rashidov. Yeah, Rashidov from Russia. Um, who then had to go wrestle Kanchikashvili, who was the Olympic gold medalist at 57 Correct. last year. Um, so, you know, Logan, you know, he starts off, he goes, he, he goes, or he has a bye because he's the number one seed. He wrestles Rajadov and he gets tacked. And it's just, he, he, he doesn't look himself to me. You know, he wasn't able to move Rajadov the way he could move other people. He, he wasn't able to get in on the legs and really finish the way other people could uh, or the way he used to be able to. You know, then he drops down. Rashidov, you know, luckily beats Kanchikashvili, so Logan gets pulled back in, and he's got to wrestle Kanchikashvili. And I tell you what, Logan get in, got in on a leg, I think, once. But, you know, Kanchikashvili somehow locked up a leg lace, and it just – it was – yeah. He wrestled – you know, if you're, if you're talking about the top guys at the weight class – you know, I think so. Rashidov beats the dude from Turkey eight to two in the finals, and he beats Kachikashvili six three. My thoughts are truly Rashidov and Kachikashvili were one and two in the weight. Steber was, you know, I, I'm not going to annoy him three by any stretch of the imagination. The way I saw him wrestle this weekend, because I think there was some there were some things that showed me that he wasn't really wrestling that great. But he he wrestled two of the top. Well, he wrestled, you know, in my opinion, the number one and the number two best guys in the weight class in the country or in the world. So it's just a bad draw. So obviously we've seen the new weight class proposals. Nothing is really being changed at the bottom. I've seen some people say that they think that Steber, it looked like the cut was affecting him too much. I've seen others uh, say that it looked like Steber was a little undersized compared to some of his opponents. So... What do you think it is? What is this? And on top of that, do you think we see him through the 2020 cycle? I believe so. I, I just think you know, it was just a bad tournament. I think he you know, wasn't able to get going and having this draw and everything. I think it's just kind of one of those things that just happens. And I think he'll be fine. I think it's uh, – you know, so, I mean, you remember like back in the day, you know, getting, uh, getting going, getting a tournament, and it's kind of nice to get that first match. Yeah, and then like uh, get yeah. So you cut weight, you get some food, you get some fluid back in you, and then you go out there and you wrestle some guy who you know isn't very good. It's the first round of the tournament. 
you kind of get a nice sweat. You get that adrenaline dump. And then it's like, all right, I'm in a tournament. I'm ready to go now. And you feel almost like a little weird. You know, imagine having to wrestle Rashidov. Yeah, that didn't a- happen for Logan. <laughs> And Rashidov had a warm-up match. Hey, Logan, you got a bye, and then your next match is against a two-time cadet world champ and uh, I believe a junior world champ who is also ranked top five in the world. So good luck. And he's a Russian, so he takes his protein through a syringe. Um, But anyways, (laughs) real quick, real quick. You know, you asked the question, does he finish the quad? There's, he's the best guy at the weight class in the United States. So as long as he can hold the weight, there's, I mean. But it's not an Olympic weight class. That's what I'm asking. What does he do? Well, Great point, Brandon. He's not going 57. No, he probably wrestles 61 definitely. Next. No, he's not going 57. Not going 57. He wrestles 61 probably next year and then makes a decision. Like he wrestles. I, this is what I think. He wrestles 61 next year and then makes the decision if he needs to move up to 65. You know where he's he's had success against Zane, but you know I think Zane's only going to get better, and we we can talk about him obviously in a minute. It was it was it's interesting, but I think. I think Steber's here at least for the next year. Um, who knows what will happen with the Olympics yet? I mean, all that isn't set in stone yet. So, And one, one thing I think to keep in mind when it comes to the 2020 Olympics, you know, it's, it's in Tokyo, so the host country has some pull. You know, J- Japan has some pull. Well, what does Japan want? Well, Japan wants more medals. How would they get more medals? Lower Increasing the amount of spots in women's right. wrestling. That's true. So... You know, the idea that we, you know, end up with 666, um, you know, may not happen because if you're a host country, you want to tilt that in your favor as much as possible. So, hell, it makes it makes sense that they might uh, tilt that. So I, I think that's a, a possibility. But also, um, a, you know, Aliyev, the guy Haji. from Azerbaijan who ended up winning 61 kilos. Haji Aliyev. Yeah. He's a stud. Fucking ridiculous performance. Yes. I mean, absolutely unbelievable performance. And if it wasn't for Kyle Snyder, Captain America, beating Sajalayev, he would probably be the most outstanding wrestler at this tournament. And, I mean, his path was was tough. And he beat the shit out of... (laughs) He beat the hell out of everybody, including a 10... He beat Bone from Yali's Bone from Cuba ten nothing. Yeah. Just beat the shit out of him. And yeah. Bone's tough as hell. Remember what Bone did to Tony Ramos? Like the two times he wrestled him, like the ones at Pan Am's and like the one that beat the streets. I think. No, but I'm pretty sure I saw Thomas Gilman bone Tony Ramos two matches to none at the World Team Trials. Just putting that out there. <laughs> no, but you're right. Uh, and then Aliyev ends up beating Rashidov seven to one. I yeah. mean, it was just it was just nuts. Oh, I think he ended up. Didn't he end up getting a pin at the end or whatever? When uh, um, yeah, Rashidov went nuts. I think. And and went for it. And I think he pinned him, but yeah, Aliyev, what a, what a, what a performance! He beat him, he beat him by fall. Aliyev is amazing, and I remember doing the World Cup preview when we had uh, Nomad on uh, assisting us with that, and he said one of the matches to look out for if it comes to fruition would have been between Haji Aliyev and Logan Steber at 61 kilograms. Unfortunately, that match never came to fruition, but Aliyev is obviously the real deal. I mean, he's a stud. He won um, at 61 kilograms. So this is his third title. He won at 61 in 2014, 2015, um, had to move up or had to go down to 57 and got bronze in Rio. So, I mean, this seems to be his weight class. I mean, he looked pretty big for he looked good for 61 so i imagine 57 was a bit of a, a tough putt right. for him <laughs> that's a freaking crazy weight class when you're talking about aliyev radishov and kinchikishvili and steber steber who was ranked number one in the world and the returning world champ at non-olympic weights last year yeah i forgot i forgot that aliyev beat radishov but you know forgive me i'm working on a little bit of sleep so <laughs> so all right guys 
let's let's move on. You guys want to go to sixty five kilograms? Absolutely. Just keep going in order. Absolutely. So this, I'm going to eat a little crow here. You know, whereas I'll admit, I thought that Gilman had a legitimate chance to win a medal this weekend. There was even a part of me that thought that Gilman could have actually have won the thing after the mass exodus. Um, I also thought that Zane Rutherford had a real good chance at winning a medal um, at these world championships. I I'm just that impressed and you know i just really love his wrestling style and that that impressed with with the type of style of wrestling that he does i thought he had this um unfortunately it didn't pan out that way he got a bit outfoxed so you know batirov um a guy who's a dagestani born guy who ends up in bahrain so this is b-a-t-i-r-o-v right yep okay what is his first name Adam. Adam. So this is Adam Batirov. So I'm going to assume that this is the brother of Mavlet Batirov, who both represented, uh, I believe, Russia back in the day. They were amazing wrestlers. Mavlet won multiple gold wrestlers. He's the one that beat out Stephen Abbas for the gold medal at the 2000 and, I believe, four Olympics. So Adam came back and is now wrestling 65 kilograms. That's who this is? Yeah, he. Um, I mean, he won the Asian Games at 70 kilos <laughs> last year. In 2016, I mean, he's he's that good. I mean, he's you know he's legit. He's a, a three time Uregan champ. Not uh, as good as his brother. If this is who I think it is, not as good as his brother Mavlet. And I hope anybody that's listening to this, if I'm wrong, let us know who this is. But if it is that Adam uh, Batirov or Batarov or whatever, Mavlet, his brother, was the the sheer stud. But Adam was he really, is the really younger good. brother of two time Olympic champion Mavlet All right, Batirov. There you go. So look there at you, go. man. That's a good pull. That's a good pull. Good work. But Adam, boom. Adam won freaking three Uregan championships. Right? Is that what you yeah. said? Yeah, yeah. So this guy's it's, it's, sick. I mean, he's, it's an okay little tournament out in the middle of nowhere. Well, he Siberia. he won the uh, Euros in two thousand nine for Russia, three Uregans, and then he goes to Bahrain, wins the Asians uh, for Bahrain in uh, twenty sixteen. Um, so I mean, obviously, he's the good. guy's been around. He's been around, and he's got a brother who's been around. Um, he's thirty two, um, and and he outfoxed Zane. He just he, he outfoxed him, which is fine. And this is like one of those things where it's like this this is like one of the beautiful things about this team is I feel Zane Rutherford could have meddled. I don't I, I feel like there's it's not like, oh, now we know that Zane couldn't meddle. No, he could have. He could have. But he got outfoxed and he lost a match and unfortunately he doesn't get pulled into repishage. So that happens. And that's the beauty of sending eight guys that can medal and not two or three. Right. If you send two Correct. or three and one of them gets a bad draw like Logan Steber got, or one of them gets outfoxed and loses a close match, then all of a sudden you have one medal. Instead, we sent eight guys and we had a really good tournament, a historic tournament and, and nothing but that's that's the beauty of this tournament to where this year that this team that we sent that many guys to where, you know, Zane and Steber were the two guys who didn't medal for us. Like, you know. Who would have thought? It, but those guys can medal. Exactly. Like, <laughs> those guys can medal. So, I mean, how, how amazing a thought. But, yeah, he got out, he got out Fox by a, by a veteran guy. And, the and uh, the Batirov medal. Uh, one sec. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta look at Repishage here. He, um, while you guys are looking at, I just want to tell any of our listeners, if you are fans of international style of wrestling, freestyle of wrestling, YouTube, Google, whatever it is, Mavlot, he didn't get pulled back into Repishage because, uh, Gogaev lost. Gogaev, that's right. Yep. He loses to the Russian, um, in a kind of, 
that was a controversy itself, that match. And mm-hmm. then, uh, so he loses to the Russian who loses to the Georgian. Um, and uh, so neither um, Zane or uh, Batirov got pulled into repishage. Well, listen, if you ever got time on your hands, YouTube or Google, uh, Mavla Batirov uh, highlight videos. He was one of the most amazing lightweights I've ever seen um, internationally. His level changes and attacks were uh, phenomenal. He really laid it on Stephen Abbas at the 2004 Olympics. Um, an overall badass. So check him out. Awesome. Well, let's get let's get on to 70 where we you know we got a medalist there. Do it. We got a finalist there. Finalist by the name of James Green. A great match, by the way. I mean, look, James Green not only was a finalist. Potential to win the whole thing, but he went up against a very, very, very game opponent in Frank Chimizo. Yeah, Chimizo from Italy via Cuba is just is just like he's like the video game character you're not supposed to beat. <laughs> I mean, it just was it was it was just insane. So James Green, unbelievable run, um, you know, to get to the finals, but he he loses. He's uh, you know, he ends up. Um, you know, losing to uh, Chimizo, who twenty five year old guy from Cuba, now wrestles for Italy for obvious reasons. And then, uh, you know, he's a <laughs> he's a t- he he won uh, bronze last year in Rio, but um, at sixty five, he was a uh, champ in twenty fifteen in Vegas. He wins the title this year. He's he's just absolutely incredible. And one thing I, I really wanted to say about like you know James Green, uh, he had a lot of tough guys to beat today and he like actually made it look pretty routine like he was so impressive throughout the day it was it was just ridiculous and one of them was um the japanese guy he beat uh japanese guy. that japanese guy was really solid he ended up winning a bronze medal yeah and then he, he ends up beating fujinama in the uh in the semifinals who beat the iranian guy and i mean and and just uh you know james green had to beat the georgian guy i mean he he had a lot of um you know tough matches and and one of the things to like sort of put in the the credit is Fujinama then wrestles the Georgian in the bronze medal match and be, and teched him 11 nothing like like he didn't belong on the mat with him and James Green beat that guy and then uh, then when he wrestles uh, Chimizo Chimizo like I mean I, I uh, hate repeating yourself but like really looked like that video game character you're not supposed to beat Correct. because like Green Correct. was in on shots Green was doing stuff and he was pushing the pace. He was forcing the action, but just couldn't get it done. And it was sick. It was we've crazy. said this before, and I will continue to say this. I still think, look, James Green isn't done. He hasn't reached his ceiling yet, and I still believe he is one of the most underappreciated wrestlers in the United States right now. Um, well, I think he's going to start getting some respect. He's got two world medals right now. A great point, Ben. You, you know, and, and Chimizo, in that finals match, Chimizo just looked amazing. We all know he's amazing. Now, Chimizo was the guy that um, uh, Molinero came close to beating for the bronze medal at, uh, at, uh, in Rio at the 2016 Olympics at uh, 65. Now, Chimizo bumped up. He looked really fluid. He looked really like... Every, he had an answer to everything James Green did. James Green's very athletic. He's got a great. He's got great shots. Every time James Green took a shot, Chimizo would have a hard wizard for him, or he would snap him. And you know, he he almost reminds me of just like that, like obviously better version, but of Ed Ruth that was just very like, you know, kind of like lackadaisical, systematic to score when he wants. You know, like he was put on the clock, and then all of a sudden, you know, or. Uh, you know, or he picked it up, right? Like, I right, think he went right. up on the clock, and he's like, all right, I got to pick it up. And he scored. Right. He scored like he needed to. And it was just, 
he, to me, he was one of the most impressive wrestlers I saw in this tournament. He, he does that whole, I don't want to call it lackadaisical, but kind of like that Ma- Muhammad Ali rope-a-dope thing. He plays very loose. He conserves his energy. He knows when to explode. He knows when, you know, knows when to hold back. And um, his athleticism is off the charts, and that's what makes him so great. Yeah, did you see that cartwheel? So James Green got in on a shot. Chimizo oh. basically just kind of cartwheeled out of it. Dur- I mean, are you kidding me? Dur- that guy, yeah, his his talent is, is, is undeniable. So, all right. You guys got anything else on James Green, or can we get – can we get to the king of the jungle? Well, well, one sec. I just want to bring up the 2014 NCAA bracket. Oh, uh, yeah. When, when James Green uh, got gator bacon by Dylan Ness. But Was that so, 2014? Yeah, 2014. Yeah. This wasn't the one where Imar chased him across the mat with his hand on his balls. It's <laughs> not letting him escape, was right, it? Right. Okay. Um, <laughs> but James Green, one of the best wrestlers to never win an NCAA Absolutely. title. And Absolutely. That, and that doesn't. I actually I had him like on my list. Said, I actually had him on my list. Nobody else did. Right. And and I, I don't think he gets appreciated enough. And you look at the 2014 bracket. He beats an Air Force guy in the first round. He beats Zach Brunson 14-3. to three. He gets Gator break, Bacon by Dylan Ness. But then he drops down and he beats um, LaValle from Missouri Yep, 12-2. Uh, he texts Isaac Jordan yep. 15 to nothing. Um, and he, Isaac Jordan doesn't give up points. Yeah. And he gets a default from Real Budo, and then he beats Ian Miller thirteen to one for yeah. third. That's what I mean. James Green is that kind of a talent. Yeah. He really is. Agreed. And the rest of this quad is is really interesting because, you know, and also like look at the um, look at the guys we have in the United States that can't make world teams. Correct. And I got a couple I can name right now. Look what Jason Nolf did during the NCAA season. And Green made him look like he didn't belong on the mat with him. Correct. And then, uh, you know, Green wins the silver here. He deserves all the credit in the world. Absolutely. I mean, he just absolutely does. I mean, you think of all these guys that, that can't make a world team. You look at what Jason Nolf did during the season. Green punks him. And, I mean, just he's he's really that good and, and deserves all the credit. And I, I think it's almost funny in a way because how good of a tournament we had, I think – James, I mean, obviously Snyder and, and Burroughs and everything is, is going to get a lot of attention and Gilman. But it's like, man, James Green winning silver should not go un, unmentioned. <laughs> it's really, it's really, really, really damn impressive. You know, it's funny. He you beat talk- that Iranian. And I'm telling you, like we said, he beat that Iranian and that guy from Japan. Those are super legit wins. Super legit wins. I think it's funny. Like, and this is such a trivial, trivial comment, but, you know, Kids these days, fans these days, it's all about social media, right? All about social media. Wrestling Twitter is huge. You got a guy like James Green who has made multiple ruled teams. He's won multiple medals. The dude's got like 9,500 Twitter followers. You got a guy like David Taylor. Last I checked, and it's been a couple of days, but I don't think he's ever made a ruled team or an Olympic team. He's got like 62,000 followers. Like, I just don't get it, man. He ain't got no senior level medals. You want to talk about David Taylor? Not yet. Let's, no, Not it's, yet. It's, it's, no, it might as well. Might you as want well. to? Can we, let's talk about the king. No, let's talk about David Taylor real quick. We need to talk about the king. You, you want to talk about David Taylor? I think that that's it's an appropriate say. All right, right, let's do it. Let's talk about DT. All right. Well, who wants to who wants to break down what happened? Why don't you break down? You're you're very articulate, young man. Well, well, thank you, sir. I try to articulate as much as I can after a few. Uh, 
adult soda cocktails. So here's my thing. All right, and we've gone back and forth about this all weekend. Yes, we understand the controversy, the drama, everything that occurred at the World Team Trials between David Taylor and Jaden Cox. We understand that David Taylor had a phenomenal run up to the World Team Trials. You know, he put on a great show at the World Cup. Um, but let's not forget that Jaden Cox also went out last summer and did this thing, you know, wrestled in this little tournament called the Olympics and brought home a bronze medal without giving up a single offensive point. You're such a respectful young man. Dreams and dollars. Dreams and dollars are on the line. Or expected, or even expected. I expected him to win gold. He did not. He still came home with the bronze medal. But in the midst of all this, David Taylor sends out some very, very controversial social media tweets that basically. You're being too nice. That was a bullshit tweet. It was a fucking bullshit tweet. It was a bullshit tweet that Jaden Cox had the world championships served to him on a golden platter by a golden goose, and he ultimately went out and he failed. He messed it up. He didn't get it. Yeah, I mean that. that yeah, it's dumb. It's dumb because after the fact, Cox went out. He finished his business. He took home a bronze medal. Here's what I know. Here, here's what I know. This is just to keep things as very simplistic as possible. David Taylor, phenomenal NCAA career. He walked away with two NCAA championships. Jaden Cox came away with three. He had three. Okay. David Taylor, you have yet to make a senior level world or Olympic team. Jaden Cox has made two. Oh, by the way, two medals. Yeah. So, for you to sit at home on the sidelines and to tweet things like that, rather than, rather than support your country, the guy representing your country, it's bad, man. I don't like it. Yeah, it's almost like me minus the beer belly, just sitting there criticizing from the couch. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he was. He, he, David Taylor was doing what we do. <laughs> David Taylor was literally doing what we do. But no, you know, and, 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 you know, and we have the right to do it because I think people understand that when we say, oh man, he wrestled really bad, they realize that, you know, he wrestled really bad, which means that he would beat the hell out of all of us. Um, but you know, um, so I think he was frustrated and I think he said something that we don't necessarily, what are you playing? What are you playing? I don't know, I'm watching Celebration Who was that? Uh, the amazing Mr. Chris Christensen. Oh. Chris Christian. All right. That's nice. That's fine. Anyways, anyways, look, do do we necessarily disagree with – I wouldn't phrase it the way David Taylor did, but, but Cox had a great draw, and he didn't end up doing as well as we thought he would do. Understandable. But to put it out there before the tournament's even over and – 
You know, I think that's what gave him Cox motivation to end up freaking demolishing that dude in the bronze medal match. But it, it's just, it's, it's, you know what? When you are an athlete, you're held to a higher standard. You can't come on the mic like we can do this and bullshit around. You're held to the higher standard, and you need to be respectful of the people that. Look, he's outperformed you in every level. He's he's standing up, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Absolutely. You know what? The only guy that was able to go out there and produce results on the mat today at that weight class for America was Jaden Cox, not David Taylor. He helped us win. The, he helped the USA win the title. Exactly. And he brought home his second bronze medal. So my advice is, which is, which is pointless, it's worthless, it's you know, not worth anything, is, hey, instead of being out there tweeting and you know, trying to throw shade out there, why don't you learn how to get a little better and try to make that team next year? Yeah. And shut the fuck up. <laughs> so there's, I I, I I do like to think that you know, I think it was a tough day on David Taylor having to sit back and see guys he's beat at the World Championships, and and he's sitting there watching. He wishes he could be there, and it's a tough day. He's a competitive guy. I get that, but also you know is, I like to think that David Taylor really wants that comment back right now because you know. I mean, yeah, here I, comes Tommy being the freaking Tommy Baranowski from Blood Rounds being the voice of reason right now. You're letting me set myself up here, but um, so uh, last time we've meddled before Jaden Cox at that weight class. Her, her, yep, Herbert in 09. Before him, Kill Sanderson in 2004. Hey, Brandon is a freaking stat genius. Yeah, you're good. You're good. So. So what? That's uh, you know, thirteen, fourteen tournaments there, yeah, so and in fourteen years. So yeah, it's really easy to just uh, go out there and get medals on the stage, make world teams, and uh, and get medals. You know, it's it's really easy. Uh, you know, I even equate it to this. Like I saw the tweet that went out about, oh, this is the semifinals for eighty-six kilograms. Oh, I should have. Which was fine, and they should have stopped there. Yeah. At that level, people are just too good. To, shit is not handed to you. It's not. Yeah, let's let's get off this because we've we've talked enough about it. I think everybody said their piece, unless somebody else wants to say something. Uh, while we're on eighty-six kilograms, I will say let's this. just finish eighty-six. I will say this: uh, Jaden Cox is one of my favorites, favorite representatives uh, from the United States. I love his mentality on wrestling and what he brings to the sport. I know he's still got a lot to learn. New weight classes, I think we're going to have a chance. I don't want to see Jaden Cox in there. 
but there's a possibility that David Taylor enters the conversation as well as Kyle Dake as well. Jordan Burroughs even continues to choose to compete. So I think things are going to open up for a lot of these guys in the future, but um, I'm as proud as can be for David Cox. Well, Cox always opens things up, and I'm not sure about how much room's in there. <laughs> Did you see how freaking sweaty Cox was today? Or yesterday, oh my god, it's they, disgusting. They had to clean up the mat like after every match, you know. So there's a lot of cleanup after Cox. I heard that from somebody. <laughs> <laughs> no, I. Next year's world champion will be sponsored by Kleenex. Oh god. Anyways, no, I, I watched an interview. Cox said he's going 92 with those day of weigh-ins, which you know, Taylor. Hey, you know what? If if you can beat Ronnie Perry or some other guys, maybe you make a spot. Yeah, Eflin. You know, good good luck, man. Well, one sec, one sec though. I, you know, was Jaden did look a little tentative, and it was his first time competing since the World Team Trials with the knee injury. He did look a bit tentative, um, which is you know kind of too bad. I, I, I do think it was a little, it was a little disappointing because I think if uh, Jaden Cox is one hundred percent Jaden Cox, I think you know he's really got a really good chance to beat Yazdani and and be the best guy in the world and but you know still a bronze medal a second medal for Jaden Cox and like we were talking about before you know world medals at that weight class don't come easy and and you know the idea that he's got two and you got to go back that far to look at other guys who've medaled in that weight class you know and you know similar to what we talked about with Gilman um you know, being the first medalist since 2008. I mean, we haven't, you know, Zane, I mean, we haven't medaled at uh, 65 since 2006, since Zadok in 2006. So, I mean, these are not just given. And, and uh, you know, so, you know, was Jaden maybe the 100% Jaden Cox? You know, nope. But, you know, still a bronze medal. Still, he's got a second medal in two tries. It's just freaking incredible. But who else has a 92 kilogram guy like we have? Then holy cow! No. I mean, well, that's Sajaliyev. probably. But Sajaliyev moving up, or is he going to go to? I don't know. I mean, it's interesting. I mean, it's it's. I'm not sure Sajaliyev's still alive right now. Yeah, he he got broken. But um, all right, let's let's go to Burroughs. I'm sorry, I'm we're putting it off. Ah, the king. Let's talk about Burroughs, baby. What do you want to sing? Guess what's back? Burrow's back. Back again. Tell a friend. You fucked this up. Guess who's back? Guess who's back? Guess who's back? I thought. I thought you were. I thought you were going Lion King. Like, can you feel the love tonight? No, Burrow's double is back, dude. Uh, here's my thought. I really think that he hit it. For, he hit it for a couple of years. I'm sorry, dog. It's all good. Hey, okay. Well, we've been drinking since four in the morning, and it's four. four it's five thirty in the afternoon. We do, we do. But anyways, Jordan Burroughs, I swear to God, he hid that double for a couple years, saying, "I don't got that double. I don't got that double. Don't scout that double." And all of a sudden, he got the double. He, I, I don't know. Let's not get let's not get too crazy. 
the reason why, look, the dude just won a freak, his freaking fifth gold medal. So fifth gold medal um, at the world or Olympic level. That puts him in rare company for United States. That ties him with Bruce Baumgartner and puts him one away from John Smith. Yeah. But he battled every match. He had to come from behind in almost every match. I tell you what, his match with Bexod, I mean, his first match, right, Tommy? We were watching it at like four something in the morning. Um, that was that a whole was, day ago. Dude, he, yeah, he beat the dude, uh, he beat the dude 7 5, the guy from uh, Bulgaria, right? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to catch up. That was a long time ago. A lot of beer. <laughs> Damn it. But anyways, Burroughs had to come from behind all day. And, like, seriously, that shows some freaking heart and some guts. I don't know how many years he's got left in him, but I tell you what. He looked good. And he, he looked good. He looked we good. We mentioned this in our last podcast, Ben, when we did just a little brief rundown that his being down one match O to Dake, Coming back from behind in the second match and then dominating the third match, did that reinvigorate him? Because it looked like this weekend, this was nothing like what we saw from him at the World Cup. No, it's it's interesting. I I've said on on Blood Round um, that uh, you know it, it's it, it's absolutely crazy, and I'm going to try to keep my mind here because I have like four points going at the same time, and, and yeah, 4 a.m. was a lot of beers and a lot of long time ago it seems like, but uh, Burrow, 13 hours ago. <laughs> Burroughs um, there was a bit of me that my heart started to break a little bit during the World Team Trials because I thought match number two, yep, about, uh, about, about 30 there. seconds into the there. second period, and it's in Lincoln, yep and that I thought the shoes were coming on the mat. I thought we were about to see it. And and I as much as I appreciate Jordan Burroughs and everything he did, it would be fitting and it'd be all right and and I'd stand and applaud and yada yada yeah, but I thought I probably. Yeah, I mean it's it's tough to see when you when you see it and and then to have him pull off that match in amazing amazing fashion and that match number 2 against Kyle Lake. Then in the third match he started feeling it. Oh yeah. He got some swagger. He started dancing a little bit. He started he? dancing. He timed up the double. He got Kyle Dake guessing at what was coming. He was like a pitcher that was on in baseball where you don't know if the fastball is going to blow by. You don't know if that nasty curve is going to make you look silly. You just don't know. I mean, Jordan Burrow started to feel it. He started. He, he, there was there was there was some there was some there was some swagger. I've and, used these words before, Tommy. Sorry to interrupt you, but kind of feeding into what you said. It's funny because it's, you said the ex- you've said the exact same thing. It's. Right? It's a sense of urgency at the right moment. I think Jordan Burroughs, everything came before him, and he was overwhelmed with a sense of urgency and said, it's all or nothing at this point. And everything switched at that moment. I think he really just wanted to get laid because his wife likes to win her. And she said that – no, what did he say in the interview? That my wife likes me a lot more when I'm winning. When I'm winning. Dude, I'll tell you what. If you haven't been laid in a minute, you can do pretty much anything. Maybe even win the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he said it was like a good night for me after the I guess we got to get Ben entered in the world. Oh, yeah. boy. Hey, <laughs> no put me up against Snyder, and I tell you what, if it's been long enough, I'm at least getting a takedown. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag fake news. <laughs> uh, but also in that first match, though, I mean, you talk about tough draws a little bit. That uh, Belarusian guy that he beat in the first match uh, came back and won bronze. Yeah, so, that dude, yeah, the guy he wrestled literally first round came back and won bronze. 
He battled all day. So the guy that he beat in the finals was a, a world champ in 14. Yeah. I mean, it, it ain't like it was it, – it wasn't Golden Goose, Golden Platter served on him. Just because Gudayev or, you know, somebody else wasn't there. I'm telling you what, there's some legit wrestlers in this weight class. And for Burroughs to win gold, this wasn't a paper gold, man. This was a legitly fought from behind, won gold. I tell you what, this is Burroughs' greatest performance. And this, this I think this, this gold defines him more than anything else. To come back from after not medal, not even going 0-2 at the Olympics – or, what, or no, one and two or whatever he did at the Olympics, from coming back to winning a gold medal against some freaking legit competition, that was his defining moment. I think that's what we'll look back on and say, damn, stamp it, he is a legend. All-time great. It's it's amazing because he's, he's basically already on the Mount Rushmore of American freestyle wrestlers or American wrestlers in general. He he, he is. I mean, it's it's hard to argue. And then, I mean, uh, yeah, right. Gene Mills, uh, Dan Hodge. Um, Are we talking about Lo- I'm joking. I'm oh, like, joking. <laughs> Doug Blue Ball. <laughs> Doug Blue Ball. Uh, but you know, and then there was just a, another. I mean, the the Russian he's facing in the finals. He's got to avenge the loss for, to Bexad Admirakhanov as well uh, from, from the Olympics. Good so, point. So he has to do that, and then he gets to the finals, and that that Russian guy probably on the Russian vitamins. Probably on the uh, on the on, yeah. the on the juice. If he's the, not American, I'm no. fine. If, if they're not American, I'm fine with you uh, t- um, alleging steroids. Right, guys, and, and guys, then there is nothing. I've said this before. It's okay to take your gold standard whey protein through a syringe. It's okay. In fact, <laughs> it's recommended to take it that way. But Burroughs goes up seven to six with a, a decent amount of time left, and but Burroughs, being so good, so smart, so savvy, decides. Instead of just standing here and letting this strong as shit Russian fire off attacks on me, only up by one, he times up a little fake and then follows it with a blast double and just ices it. That was incredible. Money. That double leg up a point. Don't go into a don't don't go into a shell. Don't don't wait. Just actually fake a shot, boom, get him to get him to straighten those knees a little bit, and then boom, double, ice it for your world championship. How incredible. How amazing. It just just so so amazing to go from holy shit, he's about to leave his shoes on the mat to watching that happen and win another world title. I mean, absolutely insane. And they're and he's back next year. You know he's back and next year may, in 74. there may or may not be a video circulating social media out there of us jumping around and dancing like little schoolgirls when that hey, happened. We were pumped because he was down. At times he was down in Absolutely. every match. Absolutely. You know. All right, guys, listen. Yeah. JB's the man. What a performance. We know that. Uh, Seth Patara put out his top performances for the Worlds on What's Twitter. What's Seth say? Uh, number one, Kyle Snyder. Number two, no Jordan Burroughs. Um, so with that said, let's get into Captain America. That's it. We're, we're ready to do it. To clinch to clinch the team title, the match that everyone's been waiting to see, Sajulayev, what was he, Olympic champ, world champ, 86 kilograms? He's won, I think, the last three. Last three. Is it last three or last I don't think he's lost since 2013. Okay. A match. Going up to 97 kilograms to face Kyle Rick Snyder, Connie. returning world champ, returning Olympic champ, returning two-time NCAA champ, and Ben's favorite, returning... Oh, I think he was a couple-time Big Ten champ as well. Woo! Look, how you you think Abdul Rashid Sajulai is going to beat a Big Ten champ? Do you think he's ever won a Big Ten championship? Yeah, that dude's freaking no. punk. Punk! <laughs> Man, I'm What breaking. a match. What a match. Oh, my God. 
So exciting. And I was nervous, guys. We're, we're sitting Dude, let's talk about that first takedown. That, so Snyder came out, right? And, and so you could tell when they were about to come out of the tunnel. Snyder was jacked. And I was almost a little like, Snyder, take a deep breath. You're a little too jacked. He comes out. He starts hand fighting quick. And he um, said live shoots. Doesn't have a great grip. Correct. And Snyder tries to, like, jump over him. Right. And, you like, can't he do jump, that with yeah, a guy he, that athletic. That athletic. Right, he life. jumped right into a single leg for, I think it was either, I think it was a push out or it was a two. I can't remember. It was a two. It was two. And, and we're like, shit. Down like, 2-0. That, like, I'm like, that might be the match. You know, because it's going to be hard to score on Sajulayev. Because you remember after that, when they're on their feet, Sajulayev was keeping his legs really far back. Straight bent back. Straight back. He was hand fighting well. Snyder couldn't get to angles, couldn't get to a He didn't get in a shot. And we're wondering, we were sitting here wondering, how's he, he going to score? How's he going to score? How's me, he going to get a leg attack? Let, let, me, let me tell you that. He Bring scored down. on two go-behinds. Exactly. So, listen to this. He did not get to the legs in, in any sort of menial fashion. The only time he got to the legs, it was like a hand on the thigh type thing, but he got a couple push-outs that really helped. But his his ability to say, look, I'm going to adapt because I can – he tried. He tried fake shots. He tried to get low singles. He even tried a high crotch where he had to end up going underhook, you know, which kind of scared us. He couldn't get to the legs of Sajulayev because Sajulayev had that bent back Russian – Defense, and you know what he did instead? He, he, for, he forced Sajulayev. Yes, Sajulayev scouted him. He forced Sajulayev into a front front type headlock position and beat him twice with a go behind. He beat him twice with a go behind. Something that we don't know. Something that we say is not Snyder's best, you know, offensive attack. That's how great Snyder is. Is that he beat Sajulayev with. You know, he basically adapted in the match. He improvised. He made the adjustments needed to win the match because a lot of guys who maybe not are as savvy or as experienced or as driven as Kyle Snyder would have kept trying to force their leg attack straight on, and then the score would have gotten out of hand. You would have not have won that match. Snyder didn't do that. Like you said, he adjusted. He was able to score off of Sajulayev's bad position, bad shots, and ultimately that's what's that's what won him the match. How about the fact that he was down with, like, what, a minute ago? Wasn't yeah. he down? I mean, it was a minute or something, right? Roughly. Wasn't it? roughly. And, God, when he got that takedown. Holy shit. Holy shit. I mean, I mean, our freaking, we're all watching here. We're going nuts. Like, going we're crazy. freaking going crazy. He got, because I'm, because I'm thinking, after that first takedown, I'm thinking, damn, I'm not sure we, I'm not sure. Like, look, great, you know, Snyder's great effort, but Sadger Live's just untouchable. Russian take, untouchable. But I tell you what, freaking, it was Rocky Four up in this bitch. <laughs> hey, do you want to sing it again? No. Do you want to sing it again? No. Let's sing it again. No, come on, come on, baby, put them put them vocals out there. No, anyway, <laughs> it was it was so fascinating because those those two guys are not used to wrestling another guy that can move like that. Correct, and and it just was uh, you were you were just seeing them struggle with that so much that you know I think twice I think both on each guy they kind of looked up and they're like shit he's already behind me. And here's the thing too, Tommy. I think you make a really good point there. They both have great pace. Sajulayev is not used to wrestling guys with pace like Snyder, who's as strong as Snyder. And Snyder is not used to wrestling guys who's as, who's as athletic as Sajulayev with the pace to match him. So it really was a, a very, you know, kind of, it, it, was, it was a chess match between the two of them. And it's just uncharted territory, too, and you don't know how to react. And, and so, I mean, it's just like, it's such an incredible match that Snyder was able to win because... It really was uncharted territory for both guys. You saw it on their faces. You saw it with the 
atypical movement from either guy uh, because they had to come up with something to win. And and at times both of them did. Uh, but luckily, uh, luckily at the end, you know, Snyder's able to get a go behind, uh, take the lead. And then at that point, Sajalive was done. I mean, he, you know, he had about five and a half minutes of good wrestling in him. And luckily, you know, Snyder's got more than that. Did you did you see Snyder after he won? This meant the everything world to, him. to him. I mean, I tell you what, like, so when I watched him win his first gold against, I think it was Gadaev or God, I forget the guy's name, Gatsalov, Gatsalov maybe, Gatsalov or whatever. Yeah, I, um, he was pumped because he got that takedown right at the end, right, end of the match, right? World gold or Olympic world, gold? world gold, world gold. So he went, he went nuts. Olympic gold, you know, he didn't go as nuts because you know he kind of iced the match early, but you know he was excited. But this one, he wanted. It. I think that, I think that he wanted to wrestle the best in the world, at any weight. Because right, Sajalive was ranked number one. pound for pound. Snyder's the best in the world. Now I don't care. Is, yeah, yeah I don't care that he loses a couple matches in the off season. He he. The way Travel Delagnev has got Snyder to think. Travel Delagnev is an amazing person. He gets their wrestlers mentally prepared better than any person I've ever seen. And Snyder just wanted to show that he was the best. And he didn't care if he won or lost, but he wanted to see if, or excuse me, not I wanted to show, wanted to see if he was the best. Correct. I get. He I didn't get care you. if he was, if he won or lost. He wanted to see if he was the best. And when he realized he was, the raw emotion that he showed, I mean, it almost, it's, it's almost, it's hard to talk about because that's how amazing of, of, and he's just an amazing person too. And I think Kyle Snyder is going to be one of the guys that we are going to be very very fortunate enough to see continue to compete for as long as he feels he's able to do so at a top level. I, I think he's going to break a lot of records. Yeah. My opinion. Well, who else is close right now in the world other I, than Sajaliyev? He's going to probably go down to 92. I mean, there really isn't anyone. I don't know. There's, I mean, you never know. It's, yeah, yeah People know. come I mean, up all the time. But the idea that, I mean, he... He's he, still getting better. Yeah. He's, He's still young. What is he, 22? Yeah, it's ridiculous. Probably 22 years old. He's going to be a senior in college. Yes. As long as he doesn't get married. You know, is that a, uh, that'll yeah. hurt a guy. He's got a girlfriend. Sajalayev got married. Sajalayev got married. He lost. Logan Steber got engaged. Oh, shit. I don't, I, I think it's, God damn it. Bo Jordan got a couple kids. Bo Jordan is a three-time freaking All-American. He's Michael Jordan got engaged this summer. Jake, Jake Ryan, Ryan got, got engaged. Ohio <laughs> State's got Tom Ryan. Something in the water because Tom Ryan's getting everybody engaged. Well, they over got there. a chapel on the staff as an assistant. A chaplain <laughs> as an assistant chaplain. coach. <laughs> no, you got tax breaks at Ohio State. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. The, the accountants like, all right, we do this early. We're going to figure this out. Well, let's finish this off talking about another guy. You know, I, obviously Snyder, the was last the guy, standard. But I tell you what, Gwizdowski helped just as much as anybody else. The USA winning that title. I agree with you, Ben and. You and I have kind of gone back and forth on the whole Gwiz like, um, and, and Zach Ray, yeah. where he's at being for a long time. And, you know, you, you were talking about it earlier, you know, admittedly said you always thought Ray was the better person for this weight class. Which he'd um, shown in the international competition. Shown. Exactly. His size is what really helped him. But Gwiz, he was still so young and he's got such a dynamic offense for for a guy who for his oh, yeah. size, Best offense which as he oh. continues to adapt and to adjust to the international styles, the size of the guys that he's wrestling, their styles and whatnot, 
you know, we knew he was just going to get better, and I think he really proved that this weekend. He did. And I said best offense for heavyweight, but I meant in the U.S., obviously. Correct. I'm not talking about Agul and right. um, the Georgian. But, no, he, you showed that – look, he just he – just, his first chance, his first crack at a world medal, and he gets third, and he gets a bronze. Um, it, you know what? He looks like he's slimmed down since college. I wonder if he did that on purpose to kind of, like, you know, be even more mobile because he wrestled a big-ass Mongolian in the finals for third and fourth for the bronze, and he won – he looked great all weekend. I mean, the only person that, you know, he didn't look good against was Akul, who is a multiple-time, you know, world champ. Correct. And, you know, and took second this year. So, you know, I think that he was the clear third best guy in the weight. And you, there's nothing to be wrong he with that. He earned it, man. He went out there and he earned it. Yeah. So he, he's got a world medal. We got fucking six world medals. Which is the most what, Tommy? I think you put out there since 1996. 95. 95. Well, in heavyweight, I mean, Delagnev had two bronzes, and then you have to go all the way back to Tolly Thompson in 2005. Wow, that's a long time ago. I mean, and then so prior to that? Kerry McCoy in uh, 2003. Who And then prior to that? I don't know. Are we going Bruce? Stephen Neal. Stephen Neal. 1999. Good call. So George Bullis from Ohio State. Remember, do, you remember, do you see that sign? Never mind. So so again, not exactly easy on the world stage. Um, you know, you got to bring up that heavyweight match, the gold medal match uh, between Agul and uh, um, you know whatever the Georgian, Vili, yeah, the Georgian heavyweight. Um, you know, just an incredible match. Uh, Agul came out right away and and bullied him, and then the Georgian is able to come all the way back. Then they just went back and forth. I mean, talk about. You know, an exciting heavyweight match. I mean, the thing was just sick. It was just back and forth. What did it end up? 10-8 as the final, I think? Yeah, yeah. And then, Some people said it was the best match of the tournament. Well, it was, I mean, they said that before, obviously, yeah. today. It was, it was sick. It was, it was an amazing match. And then um, you know, you, you, David Taylor kind of wants to complain about this whole uh, world team thing. What about Gwiz? He's like, you know, hey, I was on my way to win the third heavyweight NCAA title and be the maybe the greatest uh, college heavyweight of all time. all time. And fucking Kyle Snyder comes up. Yeah. Yeah. Of all people. Of all people. The, the unicorn comes up and takes my third title. Like, I mean, if anyone has to complain, Gwiz should almost like shoot David Taylor a text be like, all right, if you're complaining, what about my fucking plate here, goddammit? Like, you know. <laughs> and Gwiz almost beat Snyder. Yeah, and that was overtime. You know, Snyder had to come back to beat him, so like Gwiz can almost complain more than David Taylor being like, hey, listen, you're motherfucker. You know? <laughs> so, you know, all right, we're getting kind of to the end here. But before we wrap are, this up. I still got a beer to drink. Well, we we, we kind of are. How, how long are we running to? Oh, dude, we're 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 hour 32. So. Hour 32. Yeah, we, 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 we'll, get yeah. this on, we'll, we'll finish this in under, we'll finish this in under three hours. Yeah. Let me ask you something about this David Taylor thing because we grew up in the same state David Taylor competed in. Same city. Same city, basically. He was always known as such a class act, such a nice kid. Um, I've got some ideas about this. True competitor. I think we've seen him change a little bit over the years. Um, what What do you think this does for him going forward? Does this change his legacy at all? Does this affect the way not – the diehard Penn State David Taylor fans feel about him, but the way the you know your nor- typical wrestling fans casual wrestling feel about fans. Him. Look, casual people love fans. him, as, as Tommy indicated, or, or somebody indicated. He's got so many followers on Twitter. Brandon indicated that. Look, it's going to change the way that people think about him because people didn't realize that that was the type of you know, and, and like Tommy said, and Tommy was very diplomatic about it, but but rightfully so. Look, he wants that back, and he does. Do I think David Taylor's a bad person in his heart of hearts? Not at all. I don't think that. And I did tell him the STFU, 
you know, but, and I believe it. But look, the bottom line is I think that there's when they're that age, you know, there's some maturity levels. That, like, look, I we're still maturing. So for him to mature, you know, there's still some maturity levels that he needs to do to, to go through. And look, wrestling is his life. True. Wrestling is his life. It's not Cox's life. It's not Jaden Cox's life. Jaden Cox lives for so many other things than just wrestling. He does it for fun, and I think it hurts David Taylor that somebody just doing it for fun is able to beat him when that's all he knows. Without wrestling, take wrestling away from David Taylor, and there's no identification. Good point. There's no identification. Good point. And so he was upset. And and I, and look, you know, we we get riled up, and you know, we say some things about David Taylor. Look. I don't want anything but the best for him. Absolutely. I really don't. Because um, he truly is. I mean, honestly, skill-wise, he's one of the best American wrestlers that we have. No, no doubt about it. Um, I just – I think he'll learn from that. I think, like Tommy said, he wants it back, and he'll learn from that. And, and I think that he'll – I'm 100% positive he'll reach out to Jaden Cox privately and apologize because he, he better. He better. How great Jaden called him out afterwards. That, that was, was savage. <laughs> praying for him, baby. Hey, David, how about that? I'm praying for you. Because, I mean, uh, Jade, I mean David was Jaden's uh, training partner uh, for the Olympics and stuff. And I, I think, like, there is a little bit of element of kind of what Ben said with, you know, Jaden being a little bit of a unique character, um, not your traditional, like, yeah. Brett Metcalf, I'm going to run through a rah, 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 wall, yeah. you know, kind of guy. Um, and and Jaden's, you know, Jaden's kind of one of those guys you almost hate, uh, like us mere mortals who, you know, you'd maybe watch him in Speak practice or whatever. And, and Jaden, Jaden's just really, really, really extremely talented. He and is. and uh, so, you know, it's, it's tough. It's tough. It's. I, I think we'll forget about it. We'll be fine. And David Taylor has a good spot to make the world team go into 10 weight classes next year and, and hope all the best for him. Uh, but, uh, you know, it was uh, it was funny. I mean, it's it's an interesting moment. But, uh, you know, but is USA, USA wins the team title. They do. Congrats. Happy for all of them. And I'll tell you what. First one's is 96. It's a big fucking deal. Next the team title. Tommy's awesome. Pumped. We're all pumped. And next year, I think it's going to be so awesome because for the first time in a long time, we have – the possibility to put our absolute best team out there. Yeah, our best lineup. Yeah. So the, if anybody didn't realize that weights changed and they added a 79 kilo and a 92, 92 kilo, we're thinking in this room, I think at least that uh, Kyle Dake will bump up to 79 and that uh, Cox will go 92 and David Taylor will go 86. Hey, you know, we're running a little long, but I'd like to thank Tommy Baranowski from Blood Round for joining us. And, uh, whoop, whoop, you know, whoop, whoop. God, what a great day. You know, again, uh, we're the Inside Trip. You can follow us on Twitter at the Inside Trip One. You can write us an email at the Inside Trip One at gmail dot com. Again, you can find us on. Any, you're already listening to us, but you can find us on any of those uh, podcast catchers: Spreaker, SoundCloud, Google Play, iTunes. Brandon wants to say something. No, keep going. No, and that's it, man. And you know what? I'm going to take Brandon. No, don't say here. it yet. Don't say it yet. Okay. Before we before we uh, log off tonight, uh, we're he- we're, mo- we're moving the party later. We got a big fight tonight. Conor McGregor versus Floyd, Floyd Mayweather, boys. Who's your picks? Ben. Mayweather. Tommy. Oh, Mayweather. It, it, and even though he's from Grand Rapids and I really don't like him, and being a guy who's from Grand Rapids, he's going to beat the shit out of him. I got Mayweather as well. Let me ask you this. Do you guys truly believe it's an actual real fight or do you believe this is a, a, a sham? To be seen. To be seen. To be determined. 
I think it's a real fight, but I think they both are just like it's dollar signs more it's than dollar it's actually signs. a fight. It's it's more it's more dollar signs than what we saw today between Snyder and Sajulayev. All right, Ben. That's I know you right. want to steal the thunder. Go ahead, but can we all just sing it? Okay, what do you want to there? You start it then. Like we've always said, don't, don't wind, wind up on your back, bro. bro.